actual route to the UK? I will start right from the beginning. I was born in Kashmir, in India, and very soon after the age of two, moved to um, a small landlocked country called Lesotho with my parents due to the partition. Um, at that time, I did my primary and secondary schooling there. And because we did not have a medical school in that small landlocked country, we decided that I would try and move either to a more international place like um, South Africa. But at that time, I didn't have citizenship for South Africa. So it was a little bit more difficult to get into a South African med school. Um, a lot a lot of our family members had um, taken the route into medicine. So it was a career path that most of us, that was the chosen for us, especially in a more Asian family um, between engineering, medicine, yeah, there was not much else that we really chose from. So after that, we um, I decided that if I can't, uh, as my brother had taken the route to go to Ireland um, and was currently there, I applied for med school there, which I did. And I luckily got it. For a year, I studied my, generally in Ireland, what happens is you have a year of pre-med. And then after that, you do another five years of med school. That's my brother, sorry. Sorry, I was just going to say that sounds absolutely interesting. It was a very daunting um, idea of leaving, you know, a small, such a small country such as Lesotho and then heading over so international um, to more of a, it's like a research institute called a, um, in Dublin. Um, it's RCSI. I don't know if you've ever heard of it before. So it's the Royal College of Surgeons in Ireland. Yeah. And my brother initially wanted to do engineering, but um, somehow his mind changed and he decided to do med school. As I said, we have quite a doctor heavy family and yeah. the quite heavy as well so he eventually got influenced to do medicine and then he was my inspiration and I always looked for my immediate route was to also do medicine um because he was yes I was going to ask with regards to that, that do you think that you would have if there wasn't such a heavy influence on medicine and engineering do you think that you would have chosen a different career path by any chance? Um, I was always someone who, you, you know, as a child, I would always go out with a Band-Aid if one of um, my friends got hurt. I would always be someone to help an, an, a dog or um, an injured bird in the garden. I feel like my personality fit really well with medicine. Um, and if given the choice now and I look back I think as a child mind I would have thought oh maybe being an air hostess was a great idea because I love to travel as well yeah. uh, something else is because I was quite creative and I thought art would be something I'd do so if it wasn't such an influence not it, it wasn't forced upon me at all my parents were liberal but just the influence is quite a lot hearing about medicine all day but if I had the choice um um, and thought back at it or if I could do more than one thing I would have maybe gone a little bit more into the creative artistic um, field 
yeah. uh, I believe. Uh, but I think my my initial choice would always have been medicine, heavy influence. Yeah, and again, with regards to the creative side of it, do you feel that? you're able to enhance your opportunities within medicine to maybe tailor towards those creative sides at all? Definitely. I think medicine is is just a starting point. I think um, a lot of people don't realise that when you study medicine, you you open up a can of worms in, in a good yeah. way, in the sense that you can, you can progress in so many different fields and areas. Um, I, I know a lot of people who are currently qualified doctors and at the same time doing a business related route or have a extra hobby that they're they're making money out of such as painting or interior designing at the same time and I have quite a lot of interest in in interior designing I don't do it for a living on an extra basis but I am I do like making my house look um, more shall I say in, interesting in a, in a way and feel that that's my creative side coming out other than that I also have an interest in aesthetics and that's another aspect of my creative um, artistic um, mind that I can yeah. use even while being in medicine so it, it's it's a really large pool that you can choose from as a medic and on that note, of course, because you've gone down the GP training um, pathway, do you think there's flexibility of enhancing your creative side outside of medicine at all? So as a I feel it's the most, the easiest way to, to, to branch out. Um, that's mainly the reason I cho- chose to be a GP. I think very early on, before I, I thought I could get into any other um, interests of mine or excel in any of my other, um, you know, uh, hobbies, I mm-hmm. was initially thinking of doing radiology. But then I looked more into it I learned a lot and had a lot of conversations with uh, many GPs that had either moved to the to the to the UK or were already in the UK such as my aunt and from that knowledge I realized that you could do multiple things while being a GP because not only of the work-life balance um, but also because GP is so widespread so you're not you're not specific it's uh, you're not concentrating on a specific speciality um uh, for me dermatology is another interest that I have and therefore I felt that being a GP I could still I could I could still do aesthetics at the same time Mm -hmm. but it would link to my my dermatology um interest um as well as keep a wide knowledge base of medicine so that I don't get bored maybe later on in life where it's you know speciality becomes too specific for me because I feel my mind um I I sometimes you know I don't like being cooped in to one thing I do do like I have flight of ideas in in some way as well and I think you know that's the beauty of medicine in itself as well because it's always important to have a good work-life balance definitely and, you know it, being a doctor doesn't mean that your life is only medicine you are a human being after the rule and so having that creative side to do the things that you enjoy are just as important and 
On that note, I was also quite interested in whether you've done any private work um, by any chance. And if you have or haven't, um, whether you know what the route into private work involves. So um, at the moment, no, I haven't done any private work, but I believe that once my training is over, um, it'll be a lot more easier for me to extend into those areas. Um, depending on what you want to do, uh, if, for example, business, uh, it's a few few things that I've looked into myself. I can't really comment on any of the others, but um, aesthetics, for example, is is uh, a route that I would like to go into. And what I the the, the form of getting into that is initially, um, well, currently actually, it's not. There's no formalized route for that. You can do. You can either do a course which is called a level seven course to try and enhance your knowledge on aesthetics and anatomy um, so that you're a better aesthetician you'd say but um, you actually don't even need to have that basis at the moment you can or that foundation you can go straight into injecting with a foundation course um, and basic practical skills that you know because as a medic you already have the fundamental um, anatomy and I should say um, ability to detect um, complications but for me I feel to have the confidence I would like to go down the course route where I have a little bit more of a qualification um, and for example dermatology if you if you eventually do become it's, it's called a GP with special interests yeah so you can do um, dermatology you can do um, women's health um, and if you do become a partner in a GP practice then that way you can formulate it as um, a business and an, an extracurricular or something to make money from later on where you can do implants um, or as a dermatologist you can do uh, personal clinics or private clinics um, and and this does bring a lot of money into the practice if need be. So that's that's some aspects that I could tell you about is like the extended business as a as a GP um, with special interests. Yeah, and I think that you know in itself seems like general practice has many doors. I'm open to you as well, and I think that breaks the stigma that many people have about general practice because I think nowadays general practice is actually seen as one of the softer um, specialties within medicine, which is an absolute rumour. And I think, you know, quite clearly from what you've said and what you've explained, there's so many opportunities within general practice, such as the special interest and, you know, work within private sector as well. And in terms of progression as a GP, do you think it's quite easy to progress um, because, of course, you've got salary GPs, partner GPs. And what other roles could you obtain? Uh, sorry, could you sorry, repeat the last part? I just uh, cut. Yes, that's yeah. fine. I was wondering, of course, with general practice, it seems that there is quite a lot of opportunity. And with regards to pro progression, would you say it's quite easy to progress as a GP? So, of course, there's salary GPs and there's partner GPs. Oh, right, yeah. Are there other roles that you could uptake at all? 
there's there's many others. So um, as a partner, as you said, those two that you mentioned, and then there's also what I mentioned earlier about a GP with this, uh, you know, uh, it's something called a extended role. So GP with an extended role, which is, uh, you know, as I said, dermatology, be it um, women's health, um, as an example, or you can also be a salary uh, um, a locum GP. So you, you don't actually have to become a partner or a specific, you know, set salary. You can um, stay within the, the locum route and work in multiple different practices, which has its benefits and it's also its downfalls because um, as a as a locum GP, you don't have that safety netting um, of, you know, knowing the patient basis. You're always new in a different practice, but at the same time, you get paid a little bit more as a locum GP, you get a little bit more experience of different practices, so you don't get bored within, um, you know, a certain location. Um, and then you, you, uh, you can, you can, and then there's the two partnered as well as the salary GP. So you, you do have a little bit more wider scope uh, than just yeah. those two. Definitely. And with regards to the reasons as to why you chose general practice, was there anything in particular over hospital medicine? I think a lot of us go for the work-life balance. Mm. Uh, a lot of people mistake the fact that GP is easy because um, I believe the training is a little bit shorter. So mm. a lot of people jump into it. I won't lie that that was one reason I decided to do it because um, you know, as after I finished Ireland, I was in Ireland for only a year and then I moved to back to South Africa to be close to my parents and finish medicine there. Um, mm that took another five years. So uh, after finishing my foundation year, which is two years in South Africa, very similar to the UK, I then did my PLAB, which was PLAB one and PLAB two with the eyelets and then moved over here. But by that time I was quite, I, I wouldn't say old, but I would say a little bit more senior to most people um, at my stage in the UK. So mm -hmm. to get into a speciality that was a bit too long and as a, and also that I would have to um, super specialize or become very a specialist in and eventually just I feel I would get bored the type of personality I am so I wanted something yeah. red and with that GP gives so many opportunities they I mean GP also has its its, its cons but the perks of it is that you get to um, have a widespread um, you know you're, you you get to have a foot in each and every uh, um, special speciality. Mm -hmm. There's a little bit of everything. You get to deal with children and adults. Um, there's a variety, uh, as well as the lifestyle. Um, and it's it's it is true. We do get a much better lifestyle depending on, you know, you have it. You you have your own autonomy on how much you want to work. If you want to work weekends, if you want to do um, extra locum shifts, or if you don't want to do any of that, if you want to work three days a week. And then you also get that aspect of if you want to do academic, you can still be an academic GP, you can you can progress in teaching as well. Mm -hmm. um, so there were there were a lot of opportunities that I saw within GP. And that's those I would say the three main things would be the work life balance, um, the demand that the UK needs for us, and therefore, um, you know, the the safety netting of always being needed. Um, and third, the thirdly is definitely the the duration of training, which worked in my benefit wanting to try and, um, you know, finish off training a little earlier so as to start either a family or start a business soon after. Yeah, definitely. And it seems from all your experiences that you're very well traveled and very inspirational in many ways actually and 
with regards to, of course, being Indian by ethnicity and having lived in South Africa and studied in Ireland, how would you say those experiences have contributed to your practice in the UK? Okay, so um, Ireland is, is very similar, I would say, to the UK. I think um, education-wise, the, the systems are much closer uh, in comparison to South Africa. We, uh, in, in, in the UK and also in Ireland, a, a lot of it is theory-based start a bit later in med school um, whereas in South Africa you you go straight into um, the hospital setting uh, you know within second year I would say um, and you get to do a lot more practical um, procedures and uh, practical um, you, you get a lot more exposure in that sense in in um, with the same theoretical basis but more emphasis on practical um and i'd say experience wise it's it's south africa would be my number one choice whereas um for training and more a more solid foundation and background um i would say for further education as well as you know for specializing and training um after your initial med school i would say the uk is is my number one choice which is why i came here um i didn't choose to train in south africa specifically because i felt like i got a lot of practical experience it made me a lot more confident in myself um yet i felt i was lacking a little bit in more um organized and systematic you know training um which i got from here whereas we have a lot of protocols we have a lot of guidelines that we can refer to um unfortunately it's it's not as um straightforward in south africa you 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 work with what you have mainly because a, a lot of the times um you, you the government uh, hospitals there are are under underfunded yeah uh, and only when you go into private there do you get a little bit more um, emphasis on following specific protocols and guidelines and things are more regulated. So if you, I would love to one day go back to South Africa and work there eventually, uh, but I do feel that my training process right now is best within the UK um, and then practice later on anywhere, anywhere outside, specifically South Africa. Yes, of course, I can completely understand that. And with regards to your Indian side, um, do you think you would ever go back to India and practice as well? I, I, I was actually having this conversation with family not very long ago, um, mm. during, especially during the COVID, um, um, you know, the surge that's going on. Yeah. I feel yeah, I have a, a very special place for India obviously because I was born there but mainly because I have a lot of family there mm. um, my immediate extended family is there and um, I feel if I had the opportunity which I know we all make opportunities for ourselves but if something comes across comes my way giving me the chance to maybe practice there be it uh, on a on a charity basis or on a volunteer basis I would definitely take up that opportunity um, I, it wouldn't only be because I would like to help uh, I would also be gaining a lot of experience so I'd say it's a win-win situation um, 
fulfill my dream of working in India and living in India for a little while, connecting back to my roots, staying with family, but at the same time helping and and helping myself to gain a little bit more experience. And I feel traveling the world is so important, especially in medicine. Yeah. Same. Um, that the way of practicing medicine makes you such a better person because you the ethical basis is so different in different countries yeah definitely and again you know everything you've said is so relatable and really inspirational I would say and I can only think of you know moving around so many countries and learning so much about different cultures course you must have picked up a few languages and a few phrases here and there and how would you say that's helped in your practice with your patients and how do you think you would use that further in the future so I'll give you an example for when I was working um, in London at the Royal London Hospital an emergency department where you meet numerous different type of uh, backgrounds and religions. Um, I would say because the Royal London is within the white area, the ethnic group there is 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 quite um, specific to the issues in that area. And we'd have a lot of patients coming there from from that area specifically and conversating with them was so much easier with an Indian background even though our language was not the but our uh, there was a lot of connection between our cultures um so I felt it's 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 a lot they would they would feel a lot uh, I I could say um comfortable a lot more comfortable opening up speaking to me uh, regarding more sensitive issues and I felt that rapport between us was was a lot better Um, but regardless of that even me traveling to Ireland and learning a little bit more about Dublin if we had a few funny enough quite a lot actually sorry to say um, Irish patients coming into to be at A&E or pediatrics with their children and we're having full-on conversations about you know Dublin the weather the universities the the pub life and it's so important Mm -hmm. to to throw yourself into their kind of lifestyle to make them realize yeah. that you know you that barrier between you both is not necessarily really there um exactly. and I mean it's it's so important to be should I say a little bit well traveled it doesn't matter if I come from a small country like Lesotho there will be somebody somewhere that you meet that will have some connection to it so yeah. definitely the world, so the world is so connected nowadays that you know you, you can't be um so closed-minded and I feel um yes I was I did move around a lot and a lot of people would feel a bit sorry for me to say that I didn't have much time in each place I didn't make enough fruits but I did gain a lot from from these different countries being language specifically yeah definitely and I think again you know that that in itself is a privilege to be able to be exposed to so many different cultures so many different patients of different backgrounds and also of course learning the languages along the way I can understand you know Hindi and English and even the South African languages must come in handy so much throughout your practice definitely and a lot of people don't realize that you don't have to be fluent one word and that one word can change the entire dynamic between you and a patient Um, and it it could just be a hello in a different language Mm -hmm. 
be, um, you know, it could be just a safe word that that you use majority of the time. Um, like I, I know in, in Hindi, as soon as you say namaste, you know, be it the patient doesn't really know more of the language than you do because maybe they've been brought up here in in UK. But at the same time, it's just that one word that kind of takes you back to. So it, it does really help. Um, exactly. A common ground with people. Definitely. And the other question I had was with regards to, of course, moving from South Africa to, to the UK, you mentioned that you undertook the IELTS exam and the PLAB exam. How did you go around researching about that and also preparing for that? And was it much different to your medical practice in South Africa and in Ireland at all? Yeah. Um, so the concept of writing islets was was funny to me because I never I had studied my medical my medical school was in, entirely in English and um, it didn't make it, it made sense that they would like to find out if I could speak fluent English at that point. But um, I found it a little um a little bit of a of a joke in in the sense that I had to to prove my English skills to to somebody, um, but then when I actually did the IELTS exam, I realised the fact that you know they just need a common ground to make sure that you can have basic conversation with people within the UK, um, and because majority of the people here do speak English. Um, and because language is such an important factor between connecting with people, um, as I mentioned before, um, this is why they decided to do the eyelid. So, so getting my head around that took a little bit of, of time. I, I, I've written it twice, not because I didn't make it the first time, but because um, there are two different types of eyelids. So there is the academic um, one um, and there's one that they use for the visa. So I was thinking at that point to apply to Canada because my brother was moving there as well. Um, and in order to get permanent residence, you have to do the eyelids. But uh, for the the visa purposes the PR purposes and it yeah. and the academic one didn't count um therefore I wrote it twice and to it, it it was a different experience because you had to go right down to the basics and sometimes you forget the basics languages mm -hmm. even though you speak it every day of your life English seems like second nature to you obviously uh but when you have to write it down or when you have to and you know you're being tested on it. It just becomes a whole new level and a little bit more harder. Um, my my research, research process was that um, my brother had done the eyelids before. Um, I had friends that had done it before. So I, I did have a little bit of knowledge from them. Um, and obviously the internet is such a wide base of, of, of knowledge that you, you Google one thing and you know exactly what you need to do. Um, now, process with my my um one of my family members who's asking who's who's trying to come into the uk uh i i've realized that i just tell her to go through youtube channels because yeah. that's where you'll get the most um knowledge from it so my my learning was also going through youtube watching a couple of videos um and then you know attempting the exam which was a lot harder than i thought it would be uh, even though mm -hmm. english is my first language um anyway so then obviously after you pass the eyelids you for your plab getting the plab one um exam which was um a very fairly easy process the the online applications are straightforward the 
preparation for the first PLAB, um, I did myself. I didn't go to any courses specifically, mainly because in South Africa, you don't have that opportunity. I know a lot of people in the UK who went through specific um, courses and that. Um, but uh, unfortunately, if I did have the, the access to it back in Lesotho. I would have done it then. I was the foundation doctor so I couldn't I didn't get much time off so I would do it in between shifts or after shifts uh, whenever I could and within a one month period I went to go write it and I said if, if I didn't make it the first time it's fine as long as I've tried I can do it again the next time round. luckily I made it through and um, that was in November and by December I had my results uh, this was in I think the year 2017 um, and then 2018 I then applied for my PLAB 2, which was in the UK, because again, we don't have PLAB 2 facilities in South Africa at that time, nor did we have it in Lesotho. So I decided to come and do it here. Um, and at that time, because the system is so different, not not the medicine, but the system between South mm -hmm. Africa and UK, and I'm sure m multiple other countries, like I know friends who compared India and U UK system being completely different, um, where here a lot of emphasis is and the way you speak to patients, language, as, as you know, you know, um, how you communicate majority of that is is you know the emphasis is made on that yeah. whereas um so then therefore i needed some um exam and therefore i i enrolled in a in a course which you get a multi multiple number of courses here in the uk for you know different prices and mine was about for my exam i met lovely people during that time it was um it was I think it was definitely necessary just to get my head around what they were looking for specifically here in the UK. And I, I think it, it follows me till today on how I speak to my patients here. Um, no. I think, I don't know, in med school, I'm sure they let you know that rapo is one of the most important things that you build between you and your patient. And that was the exactly. emphasis during out the, throughout the PLAB2 exam. Um, and if I hadn't gone through any of that those courses which put emphasis on that I wouldn't have made it through I believe um, so I think the experience is, is definitely for me specifically I'd say necessary um, then yeah that was around September time wrote my plat two exams applied um, for the GMC and got registration soon after and then soon after that in November I applied for a job um, and that's a whole other story I don't know if you <laughs> yes of course why not sure so the application process is a very daunting one again because mm -hmm. you go through interviews which also is not very common in South Africa generally it's more merit-based um, here you have a generic GMC registration your PLAB grades don't really matter anymore they don't they've just it's just a pass mark everybody's on a, on the same platform um, just experience is necessary so what I did is I I have family here in the UK which is another reason why I decided to move here in Manchester and I did a, a few shadowing um, weeks so I shadowed in radiology and I shadowed a month in pediatrics um, with that knowledge getting a little bit more of an idea of how the hospital system works I then decided to apply for my first 
job in the UK Mm. Um, and that was in November time um, and I had gone back to South Africa um, to renew my passport at that point because as an international medic uh, an international graduate you have other than applying for jobs and other than exams, you also have the passport aspect and the, the yeah. documentation that, that the comes with it. Yeah. Exactly. So at the same time, I was doing that. And then there's a platform called Oriel where yeah. you apply for jobs. Um, I'm, I'm sure you're aware of that. And I applied for about three on, on there just to get a tester. Um, a few of them were in Manchester and Liverpool Um and I didn't at that point apply from London because um, I was told that it's quite fast paced in London and you need to get, you know, in, you need to slowly introduce yourself to the system. So I would, thought I'd be more closer to home. Um, I got with my first interview uh, with pediatrics, I got a job then in Liverpool, luckily. Um, the interview process is quite daunting for mm-hmm. the first time round. Um, but majority of the time they understand you're international they don't ask you questions that are out of your league Um, a lot of them are very specific to you know the the job you're applying for Um, and a a lot of it is also just about you to gauge what type of person you are um, which was which was I think more personal and I think that's also nice and again communication languages was so important at that point because my interview the person that was interviewing me was also um, international so we had a few um, I think they'd visited South Africa as well and the the first thing they said was in Afrikaans which is which means good morning and that was that was our first And it, I think it built that bond. And uh, till date, I so lovely. The only reason I might have gotten that job, but uh, I'm joking. But yeah, it was really (laughs) great. Yeah, no, I think you know, like you've already mentioned, I think even just knowing one word of a language, just knowing one thing about someone else's culture, I think that's such a great way of building rapport between you and whoever you're talking to. And I think the example you've just given, again, you know, it just emphasises how something serious can turn to something so friendly and so much more approachable. And it just makes the whole experience so much nicer for both of you. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And the final question I had is, of course, it sounds, you know, as if it's been quite a journey in terms of travel and choosing and considering career paths and um, career I guess countries as well and looking back of course you mentioned Canada was also another option that you were considering are you happy with the decision that you made or were there any pros and cons between the two countries that you would maybe reconsider or inform people who may be considering the same thing now um that's that's quite an interesting question because south south africa for example you have the opportunity to continue within south africa but then after you finished um your training there you generally stay there so you 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 get into the system and then you don't really leave so your opportunity of leaving is is basically after either medical school or foundation year at that point my choices you know the world is your oyster at that at that time I had initially thought America Canada yeah. Australia even Ireland and UK yeah the, 
the process of deciding where you really want to go is long I, I mm. it's not something that you decide overnight and it's not something mm. you decide on your own it involves a lot of communication between people that you know people that have gone through the experience already um, people that are currently in the experiencing it and every single place had multiple pros and ex, you know equally as many cons the choice obviously depends for me um, on the type of person you are actually it is not just specifically me but it depends on the type of person you are if you are somebody that is family orientated you wouldn't want to leave um, your country that's very close you want to, would like to stay within the area you are at already mm. um, for me my family was in the UK so that was a reason I chose the UK and another factor deciding between America Canada or the UK was the timeline so there's there's a table that I refer to multiple times on the exam routes of getting into these different places for Canada there are two exams that you have to write to get in as well um, and for the US there are as you know the US Emily's the three different parts um, and then the UK there is the PLAB as well as the ILETS and add edition PLAB 1 and PLAB 2 yeah. when, when you assess all of these three together you realize that the PLAB exams are actually for me I felt something closer to what I had studied in med school a little bit more the, the, the questions were a lot more relatable in comparison and the amount of studying required was also a lot less in comparison yeah. to the others so it all came down to timeline for me how much time I had how much time I wanted to give to practice and to um, you know work on the process of getting into the country if I had a little bit more time and I had maybe more family in the US I might have you know pulled more towards that side but because I already had a reason to come here my my mom's brother my uncle was here yeah. um, and that pull was was quite heavy on me as well as the short process of writing the exam I decided that the UK for me was the best um yeah, and I think it's 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 very important to have network and connections, especially if you're an international person moving from somewhere that you know you haven't ever. For me, I had traveled a lot, but a lot of people have never moved internationally from the country that they originate from. So it's quite daunting moving. Yeah, finding a place to live. It's expensive. Um, meeting new people. You know, making sure that, um, those things mean a lot more when you're actually in that um in that situation life in that situation exactly. yes yeah and that that's why when I thought yes I would love to go to America it's you know the big apple I've been there before for a holiday but then I thought it would be a lot harder for me to adjust I wouldn't have family to go back to um so that played a, a big factor and a big role so I think Every individual is so different. And when people ask me for advice about where to go and what to pick, I, I first asked them about themselves. And I said, what is important to you? What type of person are you? Are you independent? Are you dependent? Do you, do you get anxiety? And, you know, are you somebody who, who opens up a lot quicker? You like to be alone. 
it might not seem relevant, but it is so important when moving yeah. to a new country and when choosing what pathway you want to you want to go ahead with. Definitely. And just a small stem to that question. A lot of concerns international medical graduates have between choosing between the UK, the US, Canada and Australia is, of course, the UK is a public funded healthcare system. So, you know, the NHS. Mm -hmm. However, the other countries are predominantly private based. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, the wages a doctor earns between the countries varies quite drastically. And do you think, in comparison to what people read on the internet and what it is in reality, do you think that is a concern or that is a problem for an international medical graduate? So I, th I think having not mentioned uh, money before this, um, with being a reason why I moved to the UK or in within my choosing process where I had to choose, it wasn't a, a factor for me, not because I didn't need the money, but because um, it, it wasn't something that influenced my decision as much as it would depending on others because I had family, yeah. I had a little bit more of support, luckily. Yeah. So thankful for that. But for those people who come from countries like um, South Africa, for example, I could say there is quite a drastic fall, especially between the junior doctor wages. And yes, it's definitely a aspect or a factor to to um, you know reel in and to see that if it has an effect on your life. Because I know America, um, and I do know uh, South Africa for sure, and I believe later on in India and not as a junior doctor but later on uh, when you're a little bit more senior you do earn a lot more than you would in the NHS but I feel it as I said it, it depends on the person you are as well would you prefer more of a pay and better lifestyle because a lot of people complain about the work-life balance in the UK but they yet haven't experienced how it is in South Africa or be it the US I've heard that as a junior doctor or as in residency in America, for example, um, you work 24 hours straight. There are shifts that are constantly busy. There is hardly any time for breaks. And I could say from personal experience in South Africa, it is a lot harder there. Yes, you get paid, but I think it's directly proportional to the amount of work and amount of stress and amount of responsibility as well. Um, as I said, practical work there, you're thrown into the deep end in South Africa. You have very limited um, supervisor support and therefore obviously the stress aspect is a lot more in South Africa. Um, and I, that therefore for me, seeing both sides of, um, you know, of the work, working private, being public and private, um, I, I think, UK is a lot more protected. It is a lot less paid, but a lot more protected and a lot more friendlier. A lot, a lot of people talk about burnout in the UK, but I don't think they've experienced as much medicine elsewhere, or maybe they have, and you know, it's a, it's a different experience. But from my own personal opinion, I am so much more happier within the NHS. Weirdly enough, there are times where I forget about my past. Um, experiences in South Africa where the workload was a lot more and it was a lot more stressful and then I complain about the NHS a little bit uh, but then you know it comes back to me and I realize that actually I am quite lucky to be where I am and yes I do get paid a lot less but it's enough to 
get by. Um, it would be nicer to get paid a little bit more because, you know, we do work hard. Any anybody would like to be paid slightly higher than they they are, but yeah. But I I don't generally I personally don't feel there's that much of a difference if you compare hours of work as well as uh, amount of work and and you know the supervisor support or should I say you're not alone basically here yeah a lot of of uh, cushiness to fall back onto um, and I think that that is is the best for the you're, you're basically getting not paid for your mental health here but your, your mental health is a little bit more protected here than it is elsewhere exactly definitely I think everything you've said has been very informative and definitely very important reasons as to why you've considered the things that you have and even moving forward you know, these are important life factors and very life changing for individuals moving from other countries to, say, the UK or other westernised countries. And factors that may initially seem quite small, but as you've mentioned, they are very big and, you know, very life changing once you're in that situation. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. definitely. Well, Thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate Pleasure. you taking the time out to speak Thank about you all these for things. Having. Thank you again. Pleasure.